So we, t- we talk about uh, improving people outside of just their fitness, but uh, a big part of that is taking people who've never been healthy or haven't been healthy since they played high school sports or whatever they did in college, and you forget of how good it feels to be a functional human athlete. And you think about making those sacrifices and maybe not having that piece of cake or whatever, whatever your vice is food-wise. Yep. Because you can't visualize the future without those things that you enjoy. And you think, well, I'm going to be the same exact person, but I'm not going to have these things that I enjoy. And what you're underselling there is how good it feels to be healthy. I am an everyday athlete. I am an everyday Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Baston. You are listening to Everyday Athlete, a podcast devoted to bringing you the amazing stories behind the lives of day-to-day CrossFit athletes like yourself. I guess you're not really a a day-to-day CrossFit athlete. Uh, you're you're kind of a superstar in my mind. Welcome, welcome Pat. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, appreciate you having me on the, on the podcast here. But uh, let's address that first point. Um, superstar is maybe the loosest possible interpretation of that uh, word. Yeah, you're uh, fine. I've been in the game a little while. But, uh, so you are uh, owner and <clears throat> operator of CrossFit 513 United, correct? Correct. Downtown? Yep. Where are you guys out. located at? We are on 327 West 4th Street. So it's the last block on 4th Street. We're about two blocks north of Paul Brown Stadium. I feel like time flies, man. I, I remember you opening that, and it feels like yesterday. I remember living relatively close to downtown and just walking the dog by, and you guys were in there kind of pounding away, kind of getting everything set up, and now it's been how many years? Uh, it was three years in January. Man, and uh, Yeah, I think you did one of our very first workouts down there. We had uh, maybe 10 pieces yeah. of equipment, and there was uh, almost nothing in there, and there was five or six of us doing some sled drags. And Yeah, man, that was fun. Uh, you, you guys, do you guys still have the hand-built rig? We do. Do you? Yep. Uh, I will say that if we ever move out of here, this, this rig is staying where it's at. I'm not... I'm not putting it. It was not meant to be in the space where it's at. It was meant to be in the other space. So when we tried to put it back together into what it is now, it's, it was not no bueno. I mean, yeah, talking about uh, right before we came on here about leveraging your members and all the things that they're capable of. It's actually uh, my cousin, but he's a member at the gym, yeah. uh, built it from scratch. I, when I say I designed it, that's the loosest possible term. But uh, just put it on a piece of paper, and, and he brought his welder down and put it together. And I think we... We're somewhere in the neighborhood of about twenty percent of what it would have cost to oh, buy man. a commercial rig. I know, it's crazy the uh, the ease that something like Rogue will will put on. You know, you just buy it, bolt it together. It's great, but man, you pay for it. And I, I I lost four days of my life running a drill press, <laughs> but uh, you know, one one tool rental there and just the monotony of for four days running that drill press. But it's it's worked out, and it's nice to have. Uh, it's it's almost it's a daily reminder of okay we built this we built yeah. this with our hands and I think that's a cool thing when you walk into a lot of these spaces and, and you can see like like oh that doesn't have a label on it like that was made here yep. you know that's uh, pretty cool to see uh, how did you get started in the in the old CrossFit game I mean you've been in it for quite some time as well I think we probably are in the neighborhood of starting about the same time I feel like yeah I think. Uh, so I, I didn't join my first affiliate until 2011, okay. but um, started dabbling around with it when, when I was in Iraq in 2009. I uh, was, was doing a really good job of being a 
tremendous upper body meathead. Yes. Uh, you know, the bench press, the pull-ups, the whatever. No deadlifts, no squats. Sure. And uh, after probably 10 months of doing that, and I put on a bunch of upper body weight, and again, was just running because I had to maintain some level of fitness for the Army and started to get bored with it. So uh, my lifting partner and a, and a fellow officer of mine that I was deployed with, he and I eventually started once a week just doing some tire flips and some kettlebell swings and, and burpees until we would basically throw up and slap hands afterwards and say, great, we just this did CrossFit. This is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's kind of how that started. And then when I got back, I found a, I found another officer that I worked with who, who was had his L1, and we started working out together, and that was early 2010. <clears throat> yeah, so right about the same time then. That was yeah. 2000, late 2009 or something like that. So. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember, um, I was home – and it was fall of 2011, I believe, mm -hmm. right around Christmas. And I dropped into your class yeah, at New Cove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you fixed my clean then. And <laughs> so that was what, seven years ago now almost? Yeah. Six and a half years ago? Yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I gotta say, I mean, the, we were talking about the other day just how complimentary something like CrossFit is to like a, uh, just a military, especially when you're, when you're in a place that doesn't have access to a lot of equipment. Like what kind of stuff were you dealing with when you were working out there? I mean, did, I'm sure they didn't have cable flies and things like that, you know? Uh, so I was pretty lucky that time around. My, my first deployment, we were on a major base there. So we had, okay. so you had we, some stuff. We had a, okay. a pretty big gym and the dining facilities were great. But to your point, though, um, if we fast forward a couple of years to 2011, I guess, when I, or 2012, when I went to Afghanistan, um, we were on a little outpost with 12 to 15 guys and we had a... Uh, canvas tent that was our gym and we had all steel plates and uh a couple of kettlebells and dumbbells so we ended up making a lifting platform out of sandbags so we could still drop the steel plates and uh you know it was me and 12 guys every day that i would and i'm air quoting programming for because sure. at the time i'm just you know mangling people with tough stuff but by the same but in time hindsight yeah it was a great developmental yeah. time for me as a, as a new coach yeah i mean i i gotta i can't help but think that you know the, again, whether you're programming for a games athlete or just some, some guys on a base, I mean, you're still programming CrossFit, which is, you know, it may not be as smart as you may program now, but I guarantee you it worked. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really enjoyable. It gave us a good uh, a break from it, and I keep up with uh, several of those guys, and I think uh, six or seven of those 12 are still doing CrossFit now, yeah. so five years later or six years later. That's pretty awesome. So uh, kind of fast forward, so... What was it always just an idea that like man I, I really want to open a gym or is it just kind of um, for Mark and I we it, I don't want to say it fell into our laps but it seemed like a natural evolution I don't know if that was something for you or if it was like you know we we hear some of those people where it's like I had a job and man I hated it so I decided to do something else yeah it's not a dissimilar story to that um, finished my career in the army in September of 2013 and I had started coaching CrossFit. Um, in 2012 so I was kind of moonlighting a little bit on the backside of my military career and came out of the army and got a, a, a job in the financial industry in New York and my wife now wife uh, and I moved to Manhattan did that for a year and uh, kind of felt like I was beating my head against the wall and just knew that the longer I stayed in it the longer it was or the harder it was going to be to get out so I started uh, planning my exit probably four months into that job and uh, so we started uh, looking for spaces in New Jersey to put the gym, figuring, okay, if we can do this in there, it's going to be a much more financial success. 
And then the more I thought about it, the more it was, okay, I haven't lived uh, back at home for seven or eight years at this point. And if there's an area in the country that needs health and fitness, it's the Midwest. It is the Midwest. And, you know, you, you've lived around here long enough to know that there's probably room in Cincinnati for 20 more CrossFit gyms and yep. we could all do just fine. So for me, it was, I was not fulfilled at the job I had. Um, and I knew that, you know, along with the passion for, for coaching and that, that I, you know, had been running small organizations in the army for a while. So, so the idea of being a business owner to me wasn't that foreign. And, uh, the one year in, in quote unquote corporate America, if you will, was, was enough to motivate me to, to start this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it's, I think where you're seeing, and you can get down the road of, uh, generational gaps and things like that of like, you know, um, you're a little bit, a little bit older than I am, not by much, but a little bit older than I am, but there's a tendency for, for my generation to be looked as like this, you know, you're on your heels, lazy kind of, and it's like, no, it's just trying to find the right fit. You know, it's like sure. a lot of our, our parents and grandparents, they may have worked at a job for 40 years, but I can't imagine that they were, uh, unbelievably fulfilled. fulfilled with it. Yeah. So, um, what was the, uh, well, I will say that I can agree with you on the uh, adding 20 more gyms. We did, we just did the numbers, you know, it's like kind of finding where we want to go with the business and, you know, we're doing the numbers for the city of Florence and it's like, we need 0.03% of the population for us to be successful, not just monetarily, but to affect the number of amount of people that we mm -hmm. want. Um, and I think there's something to be said about this maybe you can speak on this is some Mark and I talk about someone with CrossFit gyms where it's like you, everyone acts like they have the answer and they're holding their cars <laughs> close to the vest. And it's like, there's enough people around, you know, if, yeah. if one person migrates from here to there, it's not the end of the world. There's hundreds upon thousands of people that, that could absolutely benefit on what we do. So maybe just speak a little bit about kind of, uh, I don't know where you've seen the industry go in the last couple of years you've been in business. Um, and maybe, I don't know, just, where you would like to see it go. Yeah, so I think uh, the evolution of, of CrossFit has been pretty dramatic, and I think we're in an adolescent phase right now. Still. I think that CrossFit still hasn't kind of found, and when I say CrossFit, I don't mean HQ, but I mean the, the community at large. Yeah. Uh, we're learning how to train better. We're learning how to coach better. And as the sport and as the non-sport aspect of it matures, then I think that it's kind of that rising tides raise all boats. Yeah. And, you know, the the prevalence of coaching information, what you guys are doing with your coaching tips and stuff. I think that that's kind of the evolution of the CrossFit model and that we can bring you know, better knowledge and training to, to, to more people. So to, to kind of, I think, get back to your original question, if you can, where I think it's heading. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think the affiliate model is strong. I think that it's, uh, I think that it's sustainable and, and I feel like, as long as, you know, we as, as owners and you and I have been in this a little bit while kind of stress the importance of quality coaching over, you know, how many people can you get into your gym and we're obviously business owners, so we're not going to ignore profit yeah. and loss. Right. But I feel like if you do this right, that that almost takes care of itself. Yeah. That's, that's almost copy and paste what we talk about uh, on the daily here. And it's, it's really just about, I think it comes down to, I think it starts with community. You know, if you have your pyramid, have your, your foundation, whatever it is, I think a lot of that has to be built on the community and how you treat people. And then, um, you know, that, that coaching is, is 
if not identical in size and weight. Uh, but it really comes down to how are you treating people on a daily basis? And again, just as a speaking from a naive coach starting out where, you know, I didn't think my shit stunk, you know, mm. it's, to coming now where it's like realizing that the people who come through the door have it much harder, have a tougher, you know, daily regimen than I think I do. You know, I think that uh, one of our four core values is humility. You know, how do you express humility when uh, it's really a sport that isn't about it? When you come down to sure. the sport of things, it's an know? individual sport. For, yeah, you know. exactly. So um, we just watched, I just showed the guys, um, because they were talking about kind of how big the CrossFit Open's gotten. I showed them uh, the video of Charles Barkley doing CrossFit from a couple of years mm -hmm. ago. And they speak to you speak to him, and he's like, if you want to be a champion, you have to be cocky. You know, and it's you see that a little bit in some of the top-end people. I won't say maybe like Matt Frazier and Rich Froney. Those guys are definitely uh, um, pretty humble guys, but you see a lot of those top-level athletes, and they are they got to be a little bit cocky, you know, yeah. in order to do it. But that doesn't isn't what rep, what is represented in our daily whiteboard classes, which is 100% community. Pick the guy up next to you, cheer them on. Um, it, yeah. It's 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 a little. Uh, uh, I don't know. So it, so that's my hope, and I think maybe this is the point that you're saying too. Is that my hope? Is my hope is that we love the open and we pump people up and we encourage participation, but the open's not what we do right you know it's a month-long thing and i try to talk to, to our members and think about it like a season almost yeah. because people tend to get amped up and they put all this pressure on themselves and two weeks in they're burnt out because mm -hmm. you know and really stressing to them hey the open is fun it's a way to test yourself it's uh it's a snapshot of where you were at on that day yep and then we move on from it and it's not a representation of who you are right that is you know, that's got, something huge we have to get through to people. That Yeah, it's crazy. And you, you probably have 20 different anecdotes about this. But yeah. just this morning when I was sitting at breakfast, I had two of, my, uh, two of my members text me, hey, how do I approach this open workout? And these are, if I say their jobs and whatever, it's going to be. Sure. But, but uh, two really successful people who are asking me, do I go ahead and do the double unders? Do I go ahead and do this? And to think that these people... Uh, are putting this much concern to exercise in their life. Like, I love that. That's and, exciting, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't want them to have the anxiety over it, but the fact that people who have children and jobs and lives outside of the gym, and I spend four to five hours a week with them, uh, care enough about their fitness to even stress over it a little bit, I think is healthy. Sure. But uh, that's that's one of my favorite parts of it. I think it comes down to um, the, the, the redo, no redo question, you know? And I think we finally zeroed in on our answer. You know, we've struggled with the way to say it for so long. And we finally, it, it, and it's, it's simple, simpler said than done, but are you doing it for yourself? Do you think that you can do better on this workout for yourself? Yes, do it. Are you doing it because Tim, John, or Sally did better than you? Don't redo it. Yeah. Like this is just, it's, it's not know, rocket science. Yeah. You know, and, and to get that 30 people, some people get it, some people don't. And I'm not going to, you know, sweat over the details because it comes and goes every single year. Um, but if you're doing it for yourself, go balls out, do whatever you need to do. But I do agree. I think it is pretty awesome to see, um, again, your, your quote, everyday people uh, get that excited and that amped up about trying to push themselves into the next level. And I think there's a huge mindset uh, shift. I definitely saw it with myself and that was the ability to problem solve. And I've, we've brought it up here on the podcast before and, it, and really what it came down to for me is like, 
you'd see these big workouts, um, you know, chippers or something that's daunting. And then you go, there's no way I can do this. And then you get through it and you go, oh, it wasn't that bad. So the next time something large comes up, you know, not necessarily workout related, but something in your life, you can go, okay, what's the first step? Because that's, that's what happens out here. You know, if it's a chipper, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to be able to do these hundred double unders. Okay. First step, just start, you know? Yep. And, and for me, it was a huge mindset shift and, and, and just problem solving in my daily life. And that's what we try and push these guys here. And I think that's a, that's a huge skill outside of our four walls that we can actually pass on to people, you yeah, know, that, I, that isn't necessarily fitness related. No, I a hundred percent agree that, uh, and I may sound like a, a Homer here who's someone who's a gym owner, but CrossFit has benefits far beyond the health benefits of it. Yes. One of the primary training tenets, and, and we call it training or, or working out, that I stress all the time with my members is building up a resiliency to being uncomfortable. And that applies through mobility, it applies through a Metcon, it applies through lifting, it applies through taking the time to step back if you have an injury. Mm -hmm. But being uncomfortable is a necessary life skill I think that applies to almost everything. So if we talk about, you know, I'll, I'll do some rough drawings on the whiteboard. It's one of my favorite things. My members get a kick out of it because I'm constantly drawing stick figures on the sure. whiteboard. But I'll do these kind of loose uh, diagrams, if you will. And if we say, okay, here's threshold in a workout. And your average beginning CrossFitter works up to that threshold and maybe goes a little bit too high. And then they have to recover and they drop back down. And then they work up a little bit and they get uncomfortable and they drop back down. So if you say uh, a 10 minute AMRAP that you're in and you're doing this spike and these peaks and valleys in your output because you're going too hard or not managing your workload, you know, you're getting uh, above threshold training for probably 40% of that workout and the rest of the time you were just started or you're in one of those valleys or right. you're tailing off towards the end. So what I try to get people to do is to gradually ramp up. You hit that threshold and we just bang against it the entire time and then finish strong. So you've spent three or four times the amount of time in that actual beneficial threshold. But every time you go there and the longer you stay there, the easier it is to go back. Yep. And if we, if we can build up that resiliency to, okay, I'm uncomfortable, but I can still go. Yeah. That carries over into life. I think in, in pretty much every aspect, like this is a little uncomfortable for me. I'm a little, I'm stretching myself out a little bit, but I got used to being uncomfortable in CrossFit and I know I can push through some things I didn't really right. think I'm not going to die. Yeah. You're I'm not, not going to die. die. <laughs> it's, you know, that's, yep. uh, that's, and we've literally heard that, we, you know, one of the things that we've done in the past is we're going to have a, we're going to have a boot camp to really, because in a sense you can do CrossFit and outside of using some heavy barbells for the most part in, in a boot camp or high intensity, you know, interval training setting. And then, then we can say, hey, this is essentially what you're going to be doing to an extent in the regular class. And literally day one, people just shaking. And it's like, you're not going, they think they're actually going to die. And I'm like, we're not, I don't want to kill anyone. Like, you know, that, but there's that, that mindset that people have been scared their whole lives. They've been scared because they've, they've been told they can't do something or they're not allowed to do something or they're not supposed to do something. And we're here just to try and change that mindset that you, you can do whatever it is you want to do. It may sound cliche, but there is a serious truth behind that, that there is no wall. There's no one telling you that, that you can't do something here. If you want to go for it, I a hundred percent want you to go for it. And I'm going to be behind you every step of the way. Yeah. 
you know, and that's, those are those life skills it, going back a little bit to kind of what you said about being uncomfortable. I've done, I haven't done it a long time here, but, uh, there was, I remember a class specifically where it was at the, actually at the old gym and set him out on a run, began the workout started. It was a 800 meter buy-in 800 meter cash out. Well, they went and, uh, had to come back in and go right to some cleans. As soon as they left the door, stripped all the weight, threw all the weight all over the gym, just, <laughs> just threw it everywhere. And, uh, a little mental toughness. And day. well, you saw two types of people come in. You saw problem solvers and you saw complainers. And as soon as those people came in, the people who just threw up their hands and said, what the hell? I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and they're complaining. Meanwhile, there's someone next to them who's halfway through, mm-hmm. you know, the set of cleans because they, they saw a problem. They said, well, I and, and generally what it was, was either someone who had been there for a little while or uh, they have a background that just taught them that like, okay, there's a problem facing me. I need to, you know, adjust it to make sure it fits my needs. I like you know? that. So my try, members won't like that. Yeah, but well, exactly. I will like that. But it's but that's it. I guess my point being is I I looked like a jerk coach for doing like I just did it out of spite because I wanted to strip their weight off the bar. But I was trying to teach them a lesson that like, again, just go the Hiccups. unknown and unknowable. Yep. Oh, sorry, it was the wrong way on your bar. Oh, your rope broke. All oh, your shoes were untied. Like you can't you can't just count in, count for those things. Sometimes stuff's going to happen. You know. I like that. That's yep. good. So cool. use, sorry, everyone at, um, at Pat's gym, <laughs> if your next, your next class, you come back here from a run, all this weight. We've gone. been, we've been threatening for three years now, which I guess maybe I should probably do it at this point to have a mental toughness week where we don't allow any music. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that drives me nuts as a coach, it's when athletes are worried about the music, worried about the music so much. Yeah. Hey, can you change the song? No, I'm coaching, yeah. but uh, we'll, I'll change the music a lot, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I, well, I like the idea it's, of it's just tough. throwing in some, some we're deviation in service. to your normal. We're yeah. in a service business. You know, we're here to, to guide people along and make sure everyone's safe and happy. But, uh, again, we are in the business of building better people. And we can go down that road yeah, I, of, and I, of I music. I want to do it, do it <laughs> yeah, just, just briefly, though, um, in, in to, I don't know who would listen to this who isn't in the CrossFit but uh, I, I truly and honestly believe that we are doing more than making people better athletes. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that is not just us as coaches. The community has a huge impact on that as well. But I try to really convey that we're, we're doing much more and not, not just at CrossFit 513 United, but in quality gyms all over this country is doing much, much more for people than just making them fitter. We're making people more confident. We're making yeah. people happier. We're, we're making people reprioritize their health. And I don't think the average person understands, if, if you'll follow the analogy for, for a minute, what it feels like to be on this side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about, I'm a little tangential here, but we talk about... It's a podcaster for. <laughs> long form talk. So we, t- we talk about uh, improving people outside of just their fitness. But uh, a big part of that is taking people who've never been healthy or haven't been healthy since they played high school sports or whatever they did in college and you forget of how good it feels to be a functional human athlete and you think about making those sacrifices and maybe not having that piece of cake or whatever whatever your vice is food wise yep because you can't visualize the future without those things that you enjoy and you think well i'm going to be the same exact person but i'm not going to have these things that i enjoy and what you're underselling there is how good it feels to be healthy 
it's another analogy for that is is like debt and, and without again going too far into it people in this country love debt mm-hmm. and they're not not that you should be terrified of it but we shouldn't all love it yeah and we're told that we should love it we're right. told that we should love eating spend, like go crap. spend money yep yeah. go spend money eat whatever you want but that being healthy and being fit feels so much better than not the same way whatever you were going to buy with that that tv that car that whatever that provides that debt nothing feels as good as not owing people money yeah you know so to not have you in someone's pocket you know it's it is uh again it's just it's we're going against the grain i think that's why we get so much pushback because they Mm -hmm. like that grain is oh you're the weird guy who brings his lunch every day yep i'm like yeah but i'm also the guy that can actually play basketball with my kids mm-hmm. you know and and again i'm not taking a shot at anyone but it's just like that's that's the norm is like well you see the, you know the 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 dad who's screaming at their kid on the sideline but i'm like you're 45 pounds overweight you know <laughs> like i don't think you have a lot of room right now and and again we can take that person we can shape them we can mold them but they also have to be willing to make some make some sacrifices we're we're not uncomfortable we're not yeah we're not in a society that likes to make sacrifices we're we're in a society that likes to just i say this is the way it is and that's the way it is and that's not always true not if you're going to get what you really want out of life you know um to your point just there's you know speak on a couple guys here where it's just like watching previous athletes who can move pretty well and now they've lost 40 to 50 pounds and it's like there is a unbelievable athlete under there and Mm -hmm. if i can bring that person out and you see their confidence pop up you see uh you know it it has nothing to do with the times they're making the gym or the prs they're making you see them light up as a person they have now become a different person they're now more confident You, you can't deny that that's going to make their life better their job better their career better their family life better you can't you can't i mean and hopefully the again whoever's listening to this it's one of those things like if 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 you're a business owner and you're looking for a way to invigorate your your company it's get them to change the way they eat change the way they exercise change the way they think about exercising change the way they just think about nutrition because that's that that's it you know, once you do that, everything else starts to fall in place. Yeah, I've seen a few. Uh, we've got a lot of people who work downtown, obviously being a location downtown, and not as as rapidly as I would like to see. But slowly over time, just in our three years of being open, we've seen more members who come in with uh, these vouchers from work that say, "Hey, uh, get your gym manager or your trainer to verify that you've been yep. attending class," and it gives them a break on their health insurance or whatever whatever the incentivized program is yep. in, in their company. And I think that's great, and I would just love to see that continue because yep. whether it's reimbursement for a membership, you know, the the more companies that realize, "Hey, if I spend a hundred hundred and fifty dollars a month here on on one of my employees, and it saves me." whatever and insurance premiums and they become more productive at work and they miss less time because they're unhealthy and you know they're more productive the hours that they are there then then that's a net gain it's an investment in that person's health and there's really not much of a downside to it in my mind there's a whole nother side of that with you know you look at your jason Kleepas where they've got their hand in 20 to 30 gyms across the country but they're getting into the corporate world where it's like we're going to put a crossfit gym inside your facility yeah you got a 4,000 square foot room in the basement. All right, we'll throw a gym in there, you know, but again, as long as the, 
the foundation is there and you know you're still instilling in within that community uh, and you're giving proper coaching you can make serious impacts on um, not just their lives but you know the bottom line for your company you know I think that's huge um, well Bruno Mars playing in the background <laughs> hurts another days Bruno Mars is uh, like the pizza like Everybody's, everybody loves pizza, just like everybody loves Bruno Mars kind of thing. <laughs> Can't deny it. Um, so what, uh, what's, what's next for you guys? So let's talk about the Open a little bit because we are in the midst of the Open. This probably won't air till maybe the last week or, or after the Open's over. But that's one of the things we both talked about where uh, <laughs> if you're not a freak athlete and this is your job, um, you know, we've both been that like, really competitive state like I'm gonna do this uh, where are you at right now with with your training personally uh, so for for me and last year was a big year for me um, I wish I could say positively for training but it was a big year for me I learned a lot I say that a is a positive though. yeah it yeah, was you know was, and that's why I say big uh, so it was the first year for that masters 35 to 39 and I didn't go into it really with any expectations but I hired a coach um, and really spent the most time training uh, for a, a selfish physical goal that I think I really ever have. And uh, Open came around, I felt like I was in great shape. And it just didn't go the way I had planned for it to go. And you know you know when you, when you train yourself up and you're really in tune with your body, you know you can look at a workout and say, okay, this is what I'm capable of right. in it. And when you don't get there, you don't get there. But uh, on the backside of the Open last year, um, I, think, I think I was in the 500s out of 35,000 people and which is not obviously not bad but yeah. when you're when you're talking have to be in the top 200 in the world to move on uh, it's still a good ways away so so for me my motivation for training had kind of waned a little bit I felt a little bit burned out and for the last or for the several months after the open it was kind of half-hearted training and focusing them on some other things but uh, just in the last I would say probably three or four months after kind of having that break from it I've really, uh, and it's going to sound cliche, but I've really fallen back in love with CrossFit. Thank you. And it happens. Yeah, right? it does. You, it's this long relationship that you have, and you have it ebbs and flows. And I've just, it, it's crazy to me to think that I've just really enjoyed being in pain again in a workout. And I think that I didn't realize how far I had gotten away from enjoying it. And, and being results driven versus the process. Yeah. And, and I'm I'm enjoying and looking forward to my training every day now and saying, okay, how hard can we can we go here? And having some fun. Yes. You know, there's there's I think everyone that that probably everyone regardless of level of fitness goes through the same process. And and I can tell someone tell them blue in the face that this is the process you're probably going to go through, but until they experience it, it is what I'm finding out throughout life. It doesn't matter what it is. We've, we've had some younger guys here that have gone through girl problems and it's like, I'm telling them, I'm like, this is exactly what's going to happen. And I'm, you're an idiot. And then they come back six months later <laughs> hey, and like, that's, that's exactly, exactly what happened. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing where, uh, I can tell someone out here every single day to get your knees out when you squat, knees out when you squat, uh, hips between the ankles and over and over. And then Mark walks up to him and says, you know, you should really get your knees out when you squat. And they go, Oh my God. That's the best piece of advice I've ever had. I've been saying that to you yeah. for six months. So yeah. it's one of those things. I can tell them until I'm blue in the face, but until you experience it yourself, you really won't understand. I think that's, it doesn't matter what it is in life. I think that's just how it goes. Um, so I've kind of accepted it. But I think everyone goes down that path. It doesn't matter what, whether you're a regional level athlete, whether you're below that, whether you're just starting out. And you could be in the hundredth of thousands of place, but you probably will try and ramp up your intensity 
ramp up your your uh, volume, ramp up your strength, and then either fall off hard or plateau. And then you have this crossroads where you either, well, I'm done doing CrossFit or I'm just going to finally have some fun again. Yeah. So, I mean, that's resilience, right? Yeah. You it's, know, like it's, and that's exactly what happened probably me as well. Again, not, not that I'm like going to the games or anything, but it's like, you have this expectation. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to train my butt off. I'm going to prove to myself, to everyone that I'm, I am at this level. And then if it doesn't happen again, it's, it's either like, okay, well next year is just going to be that much harder or I can finally just kind of accept like, I, I just need to enjoy this. It's like, cause we, we tell people all the time, like we need to play the long game. Like if I'm, if I'm playing this short game of, of the CrossFit open or the regionals or the games, and that's what matters, I want to beat myself down doing it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I don't want, mm-hmm. I don't want that to be like, if anyone's listening, sure. they're at that level. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I commend everyone that does it cause they're amazing athletes. But when we're talking about the general population, again, if I want to be 65 and still able to move well, I need to be able to think to play the long game. Yeah, what's what's the purpose of what we're doing in here is we're making people healthier, mm-hmm. we're making people move better, we're adding some strength and some, some functional movement to their life. And I, one of the first things I tell new people is that you can come in, you can be as competitive as you want, you can be as slow paced as you want, but our sole job here is to make you better at life outside the four walls of the gym. And if we push you to the point where you get hurt, I've done the exact opposite of what my goal is. Yeah, So, exactly. So, I mean, it, at the risk of maybe progressing a little bit slower and building that foundation, then I'm gonna err on that side. Yeah, we took a, we took a huge shift just personally, uh, well, not personally, but as a gym, just a massive step back as far as programming goes. You know, I think um, the the general consensus for a lot of places was, uh, and just how how it evolved for us uh, for a long time was, you got your strength, you follow the strength cycle, and then you have your metcon at the end. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. But what we found was like, how can I properly teach you how to progress through a pull up if our squat cycle takes. 35 minutes out of the day and now we got to hurry up and do a workout you know again this is just what we found worked best for us and and worked best for our progressions and it was just like one of those things like oh now we really have to coach because what we're finding is we're just managing people throughout the hour you know if if i've got all right five by three overhead squats build to a heavy set of three all right hurry up guys we got to get everything ready and now we've got helen to do yeah your coach is the time manager at that point yeah exactly so um and what it really came down to is like, we're just going to have to be on coaching a lot more because if you've only got a 10 minute workout, how do you fill 50 minutes of class? Well, it's with proper warm up, proper uh, explanation of said modifications or uh, really hammering down a lot of those pull ups. But what we found uh, almost a year, a little over a year later was like, wow, the number of people that have now progressed past using that red band on pull ups every time has insert X, Y, or Z on, sure. on the, uh, the movement but they've excelled, you know? And now you can put push the intensity higher because you're not waxed from doing, uh, you know, a bunch yeah. of push presses. Yeah, I think uh, in, in probably every CrossFit gym across the country, you're gonna have the 10% of your members that can benefit from, here's jam-packed hour. Mm-hmm. We can handle these two parts and a little bit of a, an activation and you can go. Yep. But 
for those 10% who are going to get better from that programming, the other 90% are just catching their breath the entire time and we're not going through the progressions and we're not taking the time to teach the nuance of the movement. And when somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I want to learn how to do a ring muscle up. And I say, okay, so let's, let's talk about your strict pull up. Let's talk about, can you successfully kip swing? Can you engage your your midline and, and hold a hollow in an arch position? And if we can't do these things, we're not even going to say the word muscle up mm-hmm. because it's, <clears throat> it's process versus, versus results, right? So we have all of these progressions you're going to work on and just taking a step back in the class on a daily basis to think, can we get into an arch position? Can we get into a hollow position? And it, I think it gets lost a lot of times for people who like you and I, who, who live at our gyms and have been doing this for a long time. Like, yes, I can hold an arch position. Yeah. I can hold a hollow position, but for people who are working 40 to 60 hours a week and have kids and practices to get their kids to mm-hmm. and whatever, they need that refresher yeah. every time they come in. Oh every yeah, time. this is arch and hollow. I don't sit around and think about CrossFit and all day comes and gymnastics. Down, comes down to realizing again, it's not about you or I or, or, or your coaches. It's about, them you know we've got our people where it's like you've been here for two years and every time we do snatches i got to remind you what snatch grip is that's you have to get to a point where you have to understand that that is okay because they are here as a supporter of what you do for your livelihood and you have to understand that their mind may be elsewhere uh you know we we tell our guys all the time you need to treat everyone as if their grandma just died or if your grandma you know it's like you don't know what's happened in their day. That's rough. You know, <laughs> you know, you like you, but you gotta, you know, I'm not saying no, you I, I know the point hand, though. I know the point, but you know, it's like, it's one of those things where you gotta, you gotta understand that like their mind may, may not be anywhere near this gym and that, that what we're providing them is a sanctuary for their day. You know, that, that they have to be able to come here a and feel comfortable if you're berating them because you're, you're three minutes late after class. Yeah. So or, what, are, you know, what are we talking about here? It's people who need coaching. And if you're not, down with explaining the nuance of those movements or whatever. What are you doing? You're not coaching. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's your job is for them to come to you and look at you with a blank look on their face and say, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. That's why they're paying you what they're paying you. Yeah. You know, and if that happens every day for three years while that person's a member at your gym, mm-hmm. so be it. Yeah. I agree. It's uh that's a that's a that's a growing moment for now I'm gonna give you a little shit. Yeah. You know, if, if every time we do it, we talk about. And that's just relationship building. I mean, <laughs> yes. we, we've all got friends. We've all got friends where it's just like. It's important for me to throw that caveat in because if any of my members listen, they'd be like, you're not quite that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll joke around and, and, and whatever. But, uh, you know, I've got, I've got members that we can explain something to one time mm-hmm. and they pick it up. And I've got people that need to be reinforced over and over again. And, mm-hmm. you know. That's a, that's a big one for, for for day one people whenever they come through the door and like for, for some of you guys it's going to be especially if you've got multiple we do a lot of one-on-ones but especially if there's multiple people in the class like you may get this right now you may never get this and there's nothing wrong with either of you yeah so how do you how do you um someone walks in who's never done crossfit before and how do you manage expectations for them say okay this is i can explain to you what crossfit is i'm going to take you through your beginning workout and then after that fact Here's expectation management for so your first few months. Prior prior to all that, we actually bring them up here um, and sit them down uh, either over the bar. The, the, no, we don't have a bar. You can't see it, but <laughs> it's full stock bar. Uh, one day, I guess, maybe. Uh, but we'll sit them down and, and really ask why they're here. 
Um, and that's a really weird question for a lot of people to like to answer. Their if you're first used time to here. the regular gym model, it's yeah. a really weird question. Yeah. So we ask them why they're here, what their kind of what their expectations for us are, and then we kind of explain what's going to happen to them for the day. Um, and then really it comes down to just building a relationship because if you've never, if you, especially right now, if you walk in on a Friday through February, March, and it's your day one and you see people going ham on a workout and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm never coming back here. You know, explain to them that their level is their level, that it has nothing to do with what else is going on in here and, and really just making them feel comfortable in the moment because there are so many people that again come through the door and they may mark has a really good term for them they're either the yosemite sams right finger guns, <laughs> guns like blazing, guns man. blazing i'm i'm ready to go and those are the people you have to pull back uh, or the people who are deathly afraid to be here and it's it's oddly enough usually one of those two i mean there's there's some middle ground but for the most part it's it's usually one or the other and so it's really just kind of figure out what type of person they are really what it is that they're here for and then from there we can kind of move on from the workout some people we we have to modify our 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 day one workout is super basic it's a push pull squat rail workout no equipment Uh, i think we have a 10 pound plate to use as counterweight for squats we do we use baseline yeah so um we did baseline the other day awful workout uh but um but really it's from there it's it's how far are we going to push this person on day one if they're the finger guns blazing kind of thing like all right i might get you moving a little bit more but there's some people where it's like we knock a 12-minute workout down to a six-minute workout and you know our our push-ups are on a box we're you know squatting to a box each time um and i think it really just comes down to individual attention and making making that person feel comfortable because you have to, you have to make them understand that we are here for them, that this community is here for them, that everyone has felt silly. I, I actually remember how dumb it felt to do a burpee, how dumb it felt to clap <laughs> overhead. I'm like, why do I have to clap overhead? And I was, this is back in the day, I was doing an urban active. I remember doing Helen at an urban active, <laughs> running 400 meters on a treadmill, yeah, the looks, a dumbbell kettle, kettlebell swing and doing uh, pull-ups on a TRX machine and just like, I remember doing a burpee workout and I'm like, I'm not clapping overhead. That's stupid. But I'm like, if you feel dumb, everyone's felt that way. And it's okay. You know, yeah. Everyone's, everyone's in this boat together. Uh, you know, we call it embracing the suck. You know, everyone embraces the suck together, whether you're a doctor, a professor, a plumber, an electrician, a teacher, uh, you know, a lawyer, it doesn't matter. You're all in this together. And once they finally understand that, like, all these people are like, they're just, they're all here working out. And so we're just, we're just getting better together. Then that community starts to build, you know, and that's the magic, you know, it it really comes down to that over and over and over and over again is seeing these people chit chat down here for an hour after class. Yeah. You and I were talking right before we started this about some of the things that you guys are doing here, extracurricular activities. Um, We have, we actually have, and it's been great for us is we have a social events committee, the gym comprised completely of members. And we try to get one outside of the gym event per month that we... You guys got a pretty sweet luxury being downtown. We do. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we did the scavenger hunt a couple of months ago that was like a, an eight-mile scavenger hunt across the city where we met at the gym. I don't do anything for eight miles, Pat. Yeah. Well, I drive. I, I, organized, <laughs> I organized it. <laughs> but uh, we have the committee. I think uh, it was about three weeks ago we went and did breakout room because it was a great t- team-building thing. Yep. And we tried to emphasize, you know, 
leadership in that. And uh, it's just been really nice. I mean, it's on the door uh, of our gym. It says community through fitness. And it's simple, but it's absolutely the, the tagline we've tried to, tried to exist by. Yep. And I think more than anything we've done with any of our athletes, I'm more proud of our community and how tight it is. And, and again, I think that's when you talk about the future of, of what everything's going through. I think that's it. I mean, you got a half, was it, it's a half a million people doing the open this year. I think that's yeah, about close the number. To. Yeah, mm-hmm. about a half a million people. Um, and again, um, they're going to take, what, 120 people? To, to the games is that what it comes down to something like that with uh, teams i think yeah. yeah so whatever it is so you have 120 out of the 500 people 000. like to throw around one percent and they don't realize that one percent is not close yeah it's like a fraction of that percent you know so um but again the, the point with that is 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 you're you have to build that community that has to be the basis of your because if you're trying to just form mutant athletes you're not gonna because there's not enough of them out there <laughs> yeah, the, the the hierarchical gym model is not one that we ever sought to have, and, no. and absolutely pushed back against. Um, and and I think that y- you can do that. Uh, you know, you have your your Invictus and, and your Misfit Athletic. You know, all these gyms that are known for for these really phenomenal athletes. But th- just like there are a few of those gyms, there are only a few of those athletes. And for the rest of us, normal human beings. Like community is it that's your bread and butter Mm -hmm. and if we do things like stop making just our best athletes coaches because there are certainly advantages to being a coordinated athletic person when it comes to coaching but i know one thing for me one thing that i really had to overcome if uh if if we're being honest here is that i'm a fairly decent athlete Mm -hmm. and i can watch somebody do a movement a lift the the first time i ever did full snatch it was my first time I ever doing it, and I hit 160 pounds snatch. Yeah, which is crazy now to think about it, but I've always been able to pick things up quickly. Right. Why that hurts me and used to hurt me as a coach is I didn't have to do a lot of progressions. I did a muscle up the first time I ever tried to do it, and trying to explain to someone here's the three months of work you need to put in or mm-hmm. six months of work to get a muscle up, and I didn't have that knowledge. It was more of a well, just do this. Yep. And just being a good athlete does not make you a good coach. You have to develop into that. And that was a hundred percent. I was in yeah. Same it, boat. It's it was. Uh, I remember CrossFit Northern Kentucky first. One of those rings up there for, and then doing. And again, it's not a pat. Somebody on, didn't tell you that not, it was supposed to be hard. It's not a pat on the back <laughs> for me, but there's there's no. You can't relate it to someone. Just is. Yeah, it, no. you can't re- relate to someone who's going to struggle with that, and it takes a long time to develop the skill to have to understand that this either a maybe something they'll never be able to do uh, because of some sort of uh, maybe shoulder impingement or strength issue, uh, or b to be able to take a step back and say this is exactly what you're going to have to do to do it. What are you willing to give up? And that's the other. That's the other side of of your your higher not higher end athletes but people who want to take the next step yeah i I believe that you can get there here's what it's going to take are you willing to give up that much so the opposite end of that spectrum is uh is my wife um sarah is a phenomenal athlete Mm -hmm. now and she's worked her ass off to get there she's the person who came into the gym uh and couldn't snatch an empty barbell uh couldn't even remotely begin to think about doing a pull-up she couldn't squat and was that person that comes into the gym and you're like, well, I don't know what this person's ceiling is going to be. Mm-hmm. But one thing that she always has had is an unbelievable work ethic. And she has willed herself into becoming a really good athlete. And it's 
really translated in her ability to to connect with people and coach them because she said this is where i started and most people look at her now in our gym and she's one of our better athletes and people yeah. think well just assume that she's always been that way and if you have known her as long as i have which none of them have and you realize where she started mm -hmm. and she was that person who came in and it's like here put the pvc pipe in your hand we're not giving you any weight and whatever but uh well and, and see how far she's come is is she's i'm just following her on social media she also backs it up with the you have the other two missing parts for a lot of people that takes a long time for for most people to get which is nutrition and your recovery or your mobility fill, fill in whatever kind of adjective you want but like if you work out for an hour you should probably be doing a minimum of a half hour of mobility per day to compensate for the Pain, damage, the yep. damage you just did uh and also for the you know the nutrition side of things what are you putting in your body to help you f help fuel you get through this day and you know and a lot of people don't put those two things together until much later down the road either a before they plateau because we all most know, people don't there's that <laughs> yeah there's that there's that 12 week period of where you're just PRing everything and everything's yeah. amazing and like i i've bought every accessory known to man when it comes to crossfit and then all of a sudden you hit this ceiling and like, okay, well, there's still two missing pieces. Do you want to fill that in? And for a lot of people, they, not a lot. Nutrition's but, always the last one. Yeah, it's always the last one. I'm like, again, I tell people day one, it's like, they're not, it's actually our day two that we talk about nutrition, but it's one of those things where it's like, all right, walk me through a day of food. Don't hold anything back. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to give you some guidance. And it's like, the sooner you can change that, the easier everything else here becomes. Yeah. It, you know, and we, we preach it all the time. We do clean eating challenges throughout the year. We actually, talking again about leveraging your members, we mm -hmm. have a, a member who is a really talented programmer, mm -hmm. and he built uh, an app for us from scratch. Wow. Uh, got it up on the App Store, and it's an internal gym app now that we use to track uh, our clean eating challenges. So you can communicate with team members on it. It tracks points. You log food and whatever. And he just built it from scratch. And uh, it's been a really awesome tool to keep people accountable. But just to kind of put a bow on it is specifically in the very beginning, nobody wants to think about nutrition and I mean, you're told, you're told it doesn't, it doesn't matter for whatever reason. People just don't think it doesn't, has no effect on, well, if I just work out more, I'll be fine. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like that's, and it's easy for us to see that and yeah. see the absurdity of that. But, but I went through the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'll just work out more. And it's like, okay, well, I can't move, so <laughs> something else needs to happen. So, so just just to uh, touch on that briefly is, since I've started CrossFit, and and since I've started seriously in, in late 2010, 2011, uh, every decision I've made about how to train and how I'm going to lift and what my focus is going to be has been on how am I a better CrossFit athlete. Mm -hmm. And I did a a pretty drastic nutrition change. Um, on January 1 and it was the first decision I've made in the interest of health and inflammation and feeling better and moving better that wasn't how's this gonna make me better at CrossFit and under the big umbrella of longevity yes because you know I'll, I'll be 39 in, in a couple of months and I feel great I think that age if, if I can sound a little bit heavier right here I think that age is much more a function of where you're at in life and not how long you've been on the planet and uh, growing up in this area, it's not the healthiest area in the world. And I see my peers and I just want to explain to them, that's not what 40 has to look like. Yeah. It's not what 40 has to feel like. Yeah. But just getting back to that is I made that decision and ultimately I feel amazing in my workouts now. 
So when I switched, and when I died, I'm zero carbon, kind of went to keto because sure. I've had some issues with, with arthritis in my shoulders from the military. And that has cleared up. My sleep has gotten better. My, my mood has gotten better. I'm not groggy in the afternoon because of the kind of the, the blood sugar spike and whatever. Sure. But uh, ultimately, cleaning up my nutrition has made me a better athlete. And that was not the intended consequence, but right. it's not shocking that that's what happened. Yeah. And it's, you know, again, I think it just takes, just taking a big step back and just looking at the, the whole, the bigger picture of, of your life. That's really where it comes from, you know, and, and that was a big part of it. And the, the, the CrossFit is a side, is now a side effect. Your fitness is now a side effect of you being a healthier person, you know? Um, and, Again, we're we're getting a little deep as far as Fair like, enough, yeah. <laughs> but 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 there's but there's truthfulness, you know, there, there's truthfulness to it, and, and it's just it's one of those things that we're all we're also not a hundred percent always right, you know. We are we are always learning, always making decisions. Some will be right, some will be wrong, and if I can just guide people from my mistakes, from things that I've done in the past, and if I can find the right people who actually want to listen. And we're going to have a successful day. Yes. You know, um, I do want to we'll kind of wrap things up here. Uh, we always ask, we always ask people just a really basic question. It's always super interesting to see what they have to say. And that is uh, just, what is your definition of fitness? Wow. Uh, deep, right? Yeah. It, it, it really, <laughs> I mean, for, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fitness for me is, I think if, if we're going to talk about CrossFit, uh, but but life in general is just being able to do as many things at a functional level as possible. So whether that's you know if you take you take an athlete who has a 500 pound deadlift but can't overhead squat an empty barbell, then that person's probably not terribly fit. But if I can have that person with a 185 pound deadlift, that's you know in in real life is not a huge number, but it is a functional number. When that person can overhead squat. 115 pounds and they can do a strict pull-up and you can go say hey today the programming is run a 5k so it sounds a little cliche but the generalist is what I consider fitness and it's it's a it's a pretty clear model to say hey here what do I suck at let's work on that and once I get a little bit more proficient at that let's find something else I suck at so so fitness to get back to your original question is just being able to approach life not just not just the crossfit workout and saying okay i'm capable of doing this if uh if my kid i don't have kids but if if uh, your little cousin your nephew the, the neighbor's kid whatever and you go out and play basketball with them and or your other neighbor asks you to help move and just being physically prepared to to be able to be functional whether it's picking up a couch and moving it or running around in the backyard with with a family member or whatever that that to me is fitness is we don't have an area of I'm going to miss out on this life experience because I can't physically do it. And it doesn't mean you go run a 10 mile Spartan race, but just, Hey, let's go play basketball with the kids. Like that's fitness being prepared for that. I agree. hundred percent real life, real life. That, that is, that is really what it comes down to. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks for being on, hey, on today. Appreciate you appreciate having it. me, man. It's been a good time. Uh, thank you for uh, listening to every athlete and join us next week as we dive deep into the lives of those who make us great. Thanks.